0: Yeah, it's still going. Okay, All right. So, cool. <laughs> If I had hit that button, What's going I on, promise folks? you it would have deleted. Sorry. <laughs>
1: that's how <laughs> your, my life works. Your computer works. were like <laughs> burnt. Yeah, that's how yeah. my life works. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host, per usual, Elliot, from Freelance Duck Hunting. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I am so
0: excited. It's coming. It's um, I feel like it's it's just here.
1: I got a scouting a
0: bit. My my, what well, I consider duck season starting is on the twenty seventh because I have the first hunt out, like the real scout for the teal opener. And I'm just like, get here to me, that's seventeen days, Jordan, from when we're recording this. Seventeen days until I'm really scouting, not just habitat. It is away. crazy. And I'm hope fingers crossed because what I'm scouting, if it's awesome, I'm gonna drag you. To meet me in Nebraska, maybe
1: <laughs> that would be awesome too. <laughs> you think I'm? A, you think you, you think you? But do time it? will tell, huh?
0: You think you're gonna do it? I don't,
1: if you send me some like crazy like pictures of teal flying around and uh-huh. just mud flats, and it would be uh, I would I would consider it. I would make I'm it a like, consideration
0: if, if I scout those holes. and I'm like Jordan, they're teal flying everywhere both places because I got two scouts I two scouts that day and so if, if there's just teal buzzing around every which way and you know I resist
1: <laughs> it would make it hard it <laughs> would make it hard to resist when I'm you know my other options you know I mean yeah I don't have those type of options around me so it would be hard to resist
0: <laughs> and then we'll have to decide how we're gonna do this we'll have five guys so I've I've already been thinking about, like, okay, where would I put the two groups? And I've already been planning in my mind. I've already been going over the scenarios. Nice. Or if we could possibly we could do five together. It depends on, we, it might be a better option. But we've done that before. Yeah. Last time. I don't like doing five, but, you know, and plus with videos but anyway. But my wheels are turning about seeing you that first time.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, season's coming in, man, coming in hot. Like you said, we're both uh, cranking out the content. Another full week on our YouTube channels, freelance duck hunting, ducking chronicles, putting out hunts, putting out projects, sailboat videos coming along. You, what, what do you think of that so far, Elliot? I know yeah, I, I talk about this every it. week, but.
0: What do I think about the sailboat build in particular?
1: Yeah, or yeah. Just,
0: I love it. I saw you were sending me that you got a Yager blind, and it fits like a glove on that thing. And I was, yeah, I'm excited about that. I, where, where are you going to hunt that thing? Do you know? Do you have a plan
1: for how that's going to go down? Well, the problem is it's going to be like a layout. It's, 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 a, it's a layout boat, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't have a lot of buddies that have layout boats, so um <laughs> and so I'm not sure so it's gonna be I'm probably using it on like my limited solo hunts that I go on, on a year so mm-hmm. uh, and maybe I'll even try more solo hunts than normal just to to try it out more because it'll be fun but um yeah I don't I don't necessarily it's just it depends where I find the birds that kind of stuff um but yeah I'm definitely excited for for trying it out so we'll see the thing that I, I'm still trying to like retain some of my excitement on it because one like i have not done the on the water test and and like you know it's not Uh like this thing was designed right i i I took a (laughs) i took some power tools chopped this thing up added 150 pounds of weight with wood and then i'm going to put a mud motor on the back of it i'm like i have no idea how this (laughs) thing's going to perform
0: i kind of hope that for not like 362 boats i know so i'm kind of hoping for video's sake that when you put you sink that sucker that would be pretty funny yeah <laughs> yeah it, yeah i'm definitely to gonna have somebody <laughs>
1: i think i'm gonna have somebody on standby i'm gonna try to get somebody to come with a boat just in case like something bad happens <laughs> oh that would that would be super unfortunate because i've put a lot of time into this but yeah yeah who knows I know you're gonna i'm excited it, for that
0: if you if you come down to that till opener i will hook you up with as much joseph's Rafi as you need because i got a ton that's
1: good <laughs> okay stuff. are you planning on rafia in it or what? what is your plan for uh oh, i've gone back and forth actually I almost bought some of that rafia um and, and i haven't yet I, but uh i almost bought some of that um but also i have some of those grass panels those grass mats uh that i could put on there so um but i'll probably rafia i think with layouts raffia is probably the way to go because you can uh you know a a frame style or boat blinds it's really good to have stuff weeping Mm -hmm. over but like a layout you don't you don't have to do that so that raffia kind of fully covers you
0: yeah and and then when you get to your on-site location it's really easy to dump stuff behind you and dump natural stuff in front of you, except not on the doors you're flipping open. It makes it so easy. And then, that, then that's on top of the rafia, and it just looks you just disappear. So yeah. I've got so much of that stuff left over that if you do come and you
1: want some, I'll definitely give you nice. Oh, it's good stuff. Awesome. Well, um, I guess you know to, to let the listeners in a little bit. When our podcast tonight we're going to be having uh, Jake from state farm on the podcast, <laughs> Jake from chasing green. Okay. We're having chase uh, Jake from chasing green on the podcast tonight. So it's kind of funny because we already recorded this, uh, with him and we met to have him on just for like a little segment. Um, but then things just kept going. So it's cool. Had him on for the whole podcast, had a really interesting conversation on a lot of different things. So, um, you guys are going to want to stick around for that. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, um, south and a lot of uh, Central Flyway bashing back and forth. It was a brutal, bloody battle. <laughs> Jake has been
0: so... I've gotten to know him really, really well. He stayed at my house a couple times, hunted with him, and it's just been such a pleasure to get to know him. He's a hardcore hunter from Arkansas, and so... He's, I, I anyone I hang out with might just learn about the culture of Arkansas, learn about different duck hunting styles. And you get to, t- it's just like the same thing happened tonight. We were going to, I told him, come on for 15 to 30 minutes. We'll talk about this temporal thing. Once you hang out with that guy, you just get lost in the waterfowl talk. And it's just, he has a way of enunciating words. It's just fascinating. And so, yeah, that 15 to 30 minutes turned into hour and a half, yep. pretty
1: much. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. So, um, we're going to jump to that part of the podcast, but first let's get a quick word from our partners and then we'll get right to it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx. Guys, Onyx is an awesome product for waterfowl hunters. It shows you boundaries, whether it's public or private, and you're able to quick, from the, from the palm of your hand on your smartphone, uh, see all the information you need, whether it's uh, the boundaries of the the public land or the tax information of the private land. And it's super nice to have the tax address. Click on that property, drive right to their house, knock on the door, get some yeses. You're going to get a lot of no's, but you'll get, you know, it just makes the whole process easier, more simple, and quicker. So check them out, guys, uh, on X.
0: Guys, the hunt giveaway is coming up on the 25th of August at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a YouTube live stream and we're one of you are going to come and hunt with Jordan and I, and it's, it's, we're recording this on the, the 10th of August. So from right now, we've only got, I'm pretty sure 25 minus 10 is 15. So from right now, by the time you guys hear this, we're going to be talking 10 days, go to patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. I've got a video waiting there for you and you can find out how to sign up for the chance to win, uh, not just one, it'll be a series of hunts with Jordan and I, we're going to actually help pay expenses um, for you to get to us, and we are going to hunt together and film it. And so get on over there and get signed up and get a chance to win. It's patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting.
1: Awesome. And also, we got to give a shout out to um our buddy over there, filled the freezer, a new twenty five dollar um guy over there at Patreon. And uh, actually, he's one. He's one of my buddies, Elliot. He uh, he's the he took me on the turkey hunt in Michigan. So um.
0: Oh, oh yeah, really? what was that name? Build the
1: freezer. Um, his first name is John, though.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We've gone back and forth through messages quite quite a bit. Actually. Awesome. Actually. Yep, pretty cool, dude. I definitely can. Uh, uh, I definitely think that uh, I'll be crossing paths with him a little bit more here, um, coming up in season. So he yeah, hunts uh, a lot of the same places I do, or around a lot of the same places I do. Right, right, right. And
0: We actually have a couple others too that we need to mention. Cody Hodge is a new one that signed up. Um, Turbo Nova is the what is that guy's name? Uh, Travis Chubb just signed up. Um, so we've got a lot of things going on in there. Things are really bumping. Um, yeah.
1: So- Everybody getting excited oh, for yeah. that. Uh, the hunt giveaway this year. So that's going to be awesome. All righty. Also, like to give a big thanks to. Final approach. Guys, final approach is a big part of what Elliot and I do, and we're so excited for this season. Um, and actually, I just dropped a video on my YouTube channel of one of their pro- products. I think it's going to be one of my favorites and most used this year, and it's the final approach stand-up blind. So it's uh, SUB X3, the final approach. It's a, it's an A-frame style blind. So um, it's super cool. It's It's got all the features you're going to want. You can walk. Right down the middle of the aisle, there's no bars on either side. Um, but, yeah, just a, a solid uh, blind for the hunter, whether you're in the marsh or uh, the field or anywhere in between. So um, check them out, guys. They have It's a one-stop shop for waterfowl. They got everything. They got decoys, camo, blinds, blind bags, all the gear that a duck hunter could desire. So check them out, guys, at rogersportinggoods.com. Just
0: before Jordan hit record on this podcast, I was griping to him about an old hunt that he and I were on, where we're on this river, ducks had been in there, there was no wind on this day, and like idiots, we set up a huge spread with no, on, on a no-wind day, and, and it sucked. We didn't do well. And the point is, if we had to use a small spread with motion ducks decoys, we probably would have had a great day. But instead, I don't know why we didn't check the wind or the wind wasn't what it was supposed to be. I don't know. But we went no wind days. You cannot use these spreads with no motion. On these no winds day. the way to kill ducks on no wind days is small spreads with motion duct decoy spreader system. And if you get you can connect these things. You can connect it to 10, 16. If you use all motion ducts, you're even better off. So this, if you're like me. And you look at that wind. The, the main thing I look at about weather is wind. And when it says less than five, I'm like, oh. But with the Motion Ducks decoy spreader system and a small spread, it doesn't make as much difference. So go and take care of business and get that product and start killing ducks on those windless days. What's the promo code? Duck Gun there? 2020.
1: <coughs> Excuse me. Duck Gun 2020. There we go. All righty. Also, like to give a big thanks to Tetra Hearing. Uh, guys tetra hearing is an awesome product for your hearing protection out out on the hunts they got the technology built into it where um, it it doesn't take away from the hunt doesn't take away from the experience because you can hear all those sounds you can hear the wings whistling the marsh wake up but as soon as that gun goes bang um, or as soon as your buddy calls super loud right in your ear it'll cut those sounds out um, but you know it doesn't take away from the experience so um, as hunter, as hunters, as duck hunters, as wing shooters in particular, it's something that's kind of being, been neglected by the culture and the community. And it's like, it's something that we shouldn't avoid. It's something that should be done. We've all ran into older hunters that that haven't done this. And, um, I can tell you that that's not what I want to be at, uh, at that age. I don't want to have those struggles. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's a small price to pay to, have good hearing for the rest of your life. So check them out guys, Tetrahearing.com. You won't regret it. righty, let's go ahead and get Jake on in here and we'll jump to that part of the podcast. righty, Yeah, as we got Jake from chasing green joining, joining us and he is the uh, resident expert from Arkansas on all things timber hunting. So he is here to give Elliot uh, a good old slap on the wrist for his <laughs> miss. What would you say? Miss, uh, what's the word I'm looking here? Misidentification, misinformation. (laughs) What
0: I never labeled that well, I did. I guess I did. He's not gonna be so Jake is a personal friend of mine, and he is. I know some, I guess, really the only two Arkansas hunters I know are you and Joel. So I guess I'm my the guys I know are pretty avid waterfowl hunters. So I just thought it'd be cool to get his take on the whole conversation we had last week about the timber holes, flooded timber and and the video and I don't know if we need
2: more intro than that or not, but Sure, yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. I don't I wouldn't call me an expert at anything really, so uh especially not a timber expert, but I'll I'll help where I can.
0: Well you've got a you've got a be you've got a beat on the culture of Arkansas for sure.
2: Yeah, I'd say that's fair.
0: Okay, is Arkansas in the South?
1: Yes or no? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: See, Jordan doesn't even think Arkansas is considered <laughs> I, the
1: South. That's, that's not what I said. I like did. I had to state. look it up. That is exactly that. I said. had to look it up actually. I was I wasn't sure if it was a Southern state, and uh, there was actually some some uh, identifications exactly. that didn't put you in the South, and some that did. So you said he was. not
2: I, south. I, I you said you didn't. I googled it. it. If you if you came here, you would know that we're in the South. <laughs>
1: i mean you're definitely south of me so
2: yeah our our culture is definitely southern whether we're classified as south or not but
0: jake do you so what would all what does a state have to be to be considered south do you think it's a cultural thing because i've been there definitely if the culture certainly feels different do you think it's a cultural thing is it
2: a geographic thing cultural for sure for me, anyway.
1: So, like, uh, could, like, Michigan be a southern state?
2: Well, it could, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> See, but I there's just find, this, there's
1: a, m- I find a lot of similarities. Like, I've, I've been to the south. I went to college in Tennessee. Um, but you go back in some, like, backwoods, like, hillbilly for, for uh, <laughs> more, like, I say that in a in the most endearing of term way possible because I enjoy those type of people. But, like, um you can go up to Michigan and find people like that and you can go down to Tennessee and find people like that. So I know, you know, it's for me, I gotta, I gotta say it's like, there's some separation between cultural and, uh, geographic, but you know,
2: what is that? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I've, I've never seen, I guess the Southish has a few of its own things that really don't translate even if it's two people from the same, you know, economical place in society if they're from the north they'll still be a little different from the ones in the south it sure. seems anyway you know what i think i
0: heard jordan say is anyone who's poor and a backwards redneck is basically southern and that's what i just heard from that <laughs> you crop. know my uh no you know my <laughs>
1: wife's from tennessee right so i feel like i gotta <laughs> i, I
0: but that's what you said. In Michigan, there's some real poor backwards people that I said, have I said Southern hillbillies, culture. but... <laughs> well, that's what you meant. Hey. When you think of when hillbillies, you think of, you hillbillies, think of like toothless, the, overall The first wearing, hillbilly that I ever
1: knew... Deliverance. ...was the kid from where the red fern grows.
2: <laughs> that's a good one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's always been, you know... Uh, for me, it's like a, a, a term of endearment. Sure. <laughs> you get yeah. Your, you get your hillbillies... <laughs>
2: Really, like a lot of the South, like the culture I'm talking about is really across everybody. Is whether you're rich, poor, it doesn't matter. Like people from the South, all every one of them have, you know, these characteristics that you know they all have. So yeah, that's what I would so say. So you keep
1: saying these uh, these I, characteristics, but you haven't, you've yet to say what they are.
2: It's hard to say, man. You just gotta see it. <laughs> like a, I don't really like a southern have <laughs> draw or um just that and just like, like the way slow
1: pace life. Certain taking it
2: easy. Well, really just some of the things they do, like some of the actions that they live by, some of the personal characteristics, you know, it's just different things. Like people from the Midwest are kinda of a certain way. Like you go to, to Nebraska, Kansas, like south dakota they're all kind of have this same
1: stuck up bob, mentality like- about how many birds they shoot <laughs> <laughs>
2: i think that's Jake only knows that's not true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no you that's a lie you know that so i i don't want to get i get into. i was going to get into something that would take us off on a on a total rabbit trail i probably shouldn't do that um, maybe do it later but um i'm really interested on jake's pers- perspective of like because I know what Jake's talking about. You go into Missouri and, like, into the Ozarks of Missouri, the people there are completely different from rural Kansas. I mean, it's just night and day different. And so I would love to sometime have that discussion with you, Jake. You've spent a lot of time in Kansas, Nebraska, the arcs. I would love to have that discussion with you, just your impression on that. But I think that's not the direction we want to go now. But, you know, with this timber hole thing and people in Arkansas – Given blowback to other people labeling things timber holes. Do you the 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 place I hunted in question, do you have a firm grasp in your mind of which place this is? Because I know I've sent you plenty of Marco Polo's from this place.
2: Yeah, and I, I walked out there one day, if you remember. Did really? Yeah, I remember I well I scouted that. it. Um oh I had you scout Yeah. It.
0: Okay. Yeah, so you jake has got a firm he's been there, he's seen it. All right. So, if I call that a timber hole and the the conversation Jordan and I had last week, you can tie that in, but if I tell to, if I say to you and nothing's going to hurt my feelings, I don't I don't care. If I say, "Hey, that's a timber hole." What are you going to say? What's your response?
2: Negative. <laughs> that's just what I would I would understand what you meant by it, but like I guess deep down, I would say it's not. This but for the it's just semantics really. I mean, because when you say timber hole, that's really saying you're hunting ducks in the timber for most people, especially people who hunt timber. Kind of like the video in question said mallards in the timber. Like that wasn't mallards in the timber.
0: Well, hold on time. out, real quick. On, okay. <laughs> Cause I had to correct, I had to correct someone online about this today. When you say that's not what people think, you mean you, what you're saying is that's not what Southern
2: people. No, think. that's not what people who have actually hunted. Timber you go think. up
0: and d- well, okay. Well that, that, all right, there you go. But you, if you go up and down the central flyway, you go over, I imagine, the Pacific Northwest, Any anyone that hasn't hunted timber, so but, and most of the people that have, t- t- have hunted timber are southern people. Yeah. The vast majority of them, right? Well, so you, you, you know, can't say Arkansas people. is
2: kind of unique in that, though, man, because, I mean, we have 60,000 uh, regular hunters, but we have 40,000 non-res. I mean, we get people okay. from all over the world to come hunt timber, Um I mean, it's a it's one of the biggest. You you ask a hundred people, you know, a high percentage of them are gonna say their dream hunt's a timber hunt. I mean, they come from absolutely all okay. over. So so if, anybody that's ahead, done ahead, that ahead, would, ahead. would would know. So if they said that you know,
1: their dream hunt was hunting timber, and you took them to where Elliot was hunting, they'd be pretty disappointed.
2: They'd be highly upset. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation is may going. Not. how uh, Elliot was
1: open. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's like I don't a, have any I don't have any invested interest in how this conversation like goes. I
2: said, it's I don't have a print. Primble- oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's awesome, man. No, no, no. man. I mean, it really is. It's just you could call it a timber hole, but it's more of whether you're hunting actually like timber style or not yeah. in the timber. That's so I think, where it's coming down.
1: I think what it comes down to is that uh, like Arkansas has this special thing and like people search it right on YouTube. And so you got these chest chest puffer YouTubers that, like, want to encroach on that term so that they can get more
2: views. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And so they put it in there because, like, they really wouldn't talk like that if they're just talking to their buddies. They wouldn't call it a timber hole. But it's part of, like, if we're being real, it's actually just a part of the, oh... What what's the right words? Why am I missing the words? Vocabulary? Yeah, sure, vocabulary. But I was thinking more like along the traditional line, like it's uh, you know it's uh it's duck lingo. Thank you, uh, uh, Patreon chat. It's like
2: duck lore. <laughs> and the instance of that video is clickbait. Sure, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit.
1: Yeah. But little bit.
2: but no, you're right. I mean, that's a great point because I think you're spot on. They wouldn't use that lingo unless they were trying to like market it. You know, to yeah,
1: because you universe. know you'll get more views if you put something, you know, a little spicy in your your title. We all we all do it yeah. as YouTubers. So
0: Jordan, are you calling Josh a chess? I was buffer? calling you a chest <laughs> buffer, but <laughs> I didn't. That wasn't my title. I wonder what I did title. Let me while you guys keep talking. I'm gonna go back on my videos and see what my titles were when I hunted that old.
1: Yeah. So let me uh, let me let me find that comment that Elliot made. About,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I got a good laugh it, out of that like, comment. like I said, it's all semantics, and there's even you know battle on semantics in the South. Like somebody from say Mississippi or Louisiana will say they're in the timber, and they'll be in cypress trees. Well, like for real timber hunters, I guess you could say, quote unquote. When you say timber, it means flooded hardwoods. I mean, even even that is a difference, and I've heard people. So what you know? Get into
1: what states have flooded timber?
2: For sure, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas has some. I won't say where it is, but it's it's got a nice stand of it. Um, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi. Um, I'm not sure where else. Does Missouri have it? I'm sure somewhere. Tennessee, but yeah, they do. They do. They do in Southwest.
1: I wonder if Tennessee has it because they're. I mean, they're literally ac- across the river from you, right?
2: Yeah, Tennessee has it. I forgot about it. I knew a guy; he's actually watching this. Craig, where he hunts flooded timber. Nice. Sometimes,
1: and then uh,
0: actual uh, just really. for the record. Just for the record, the closest I ever got to calling this a timber was I called it a hidden duckle. I hunted that thing five times, and I never did label okay. it as a timber. Cool. So, because it's not actually the it's not actually the lingo that I have an issue with. It's the attitude that flows out of the South that I really is what I complain about. <laughs> which, really? Isn't that really what I was complaining about though? It's not, if you really listen to what we talked about, it was, it was chest puffing attitude more than it was a vocabulary. Now I did say that I could call it a timber hole and I will retract that because I don't know which one of you said is true. Cause when I refer to this place, like to Aiden or whatever, I call it the Slough. I do. That's what I, that's what I call it as because it's not, it's not a hole. It's a slew coming off a, off a body of water. Yeah. So I, I would, I will definitely take it back on last week's podcast. I said, I, it, it is a timber roll. I'll, I'll definitely retract
2: that and say <laughs> that I was wrong. What's strange is like <laughs> that. I actually refer to that hole as the Arkansas hole, because that looks exactly like the stuff, i grew up hunting but i didn't hunt a lot of i mean i hunted flooded timber a lot but it wasn't my mainstay stuff what i hunted looked exactly like that spot you were at and the ducks did exactly like they do there and so i when i refer to that like if i'm talking to Aiden or something i call it the arkansas hole just because it reminds me so much of what i grew up hunting so that's kind of some irony about that's this funny. whole conversation that's yeah that is funny.
0: And for, for us Kansas guys, too, the thing that's so unique for us and what kind of gets those words out of our mouth is we're not used to seeing ducks come down in between trees at all. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that's totally foreign to us. And, so when that happens and they're within 30 yards of a tree, to us it feels like it's birds coming down in the timber because like, so we've never, ever done it. We've never experience those arkansas kind of hunts for so for us it's like a very very special thing
2: yeah and that's the magic of timber hunting i mean that's what it's all about watching them ducks come through the trees so i get it <laughs> oh yeah did you
0: find how do you were you gonna have that comment oh, were you gonna rescue okay. that comment yeah,
1: yeah yeah so comment the comment pulled up on facebook here over in the fellowship of the duck gun we had a little bit of conversation um somebody called out elliot and that's kind of where this whole thread the whole thread started. But uh, we got further down that's there. You said, um, let's see what it says. Um, Jerry says, I have to go with the southern boys in this one. To make a hole means trees are growing in the water. Uh, then you have an opening in those trees, and you have to hunt that opening. That's a timber hole. A slough or a pond with trees and bushes around it is just a slough. And so he keeps going on. But uh, pretty much... Uh, Elliot says uh, that he knew that he wasn't Southern based on the way that he humbly, uh, his his humble attitude in in the response there. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Elliot's just making friends.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like I was telling Elliot earlier. Though, I mean, at least from the Arkansas side of things, there is a certain percentage of the the duck hunting population here that is like chest puffy, <laughs> you know, they, they definitely are the yep. think or think that they're the elite side of things. So, yep. uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think there's levels of that. I mean, I see that especially from Nebraska as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're just all about, you know, we shoot limits and like, uh, we don't care about the numbers, but it's like, yeah, you know, it's, Spend some time hunting the Mississippi Atlantic flyway and tell me if you're not a kill-dependent hunter. I'll believe you after a season. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, part of it, though, too, is like Patriots fans, New York Yankees fans. When you have something as special as you guys have. The former Patriots. And that's true all through sports or anything. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's easy to get a little bit chest-puffy. So I really enjoy teasing on the podcast like southerners and stuff just because i think it's really fun and i i I like the conversations it sparks up but um, oh yeah and when you do have something that's world class anyone is going you know there's always going to be a portion of people that you know get
1: that
2: yeah 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 and like as far as the comments that came from the different areas like say on the video it could be from somebody that's you know prideful or chest buffy, but it could be like i said someone who's kind of upset that they were clicking for timber and then they got not timber <laughs> Yep.
1: right yeah if they actually searched That's it fair. like timber hole like <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah timber hole, and duck they're hunt. like you guys should hunt some real timber because this ain't it <laughs> right right but no there's definitely a little bit of southern pride i guess you could say when it comes to duck hunting i mean i'm pretty sure the mallard elite has started in arkansas so.
0: <laughs> i will say for as much southern duck hunting pride as there is uh, i sure do keep meeting a bunch of southerners in kansas the last few years
2: yeah well
0: you guys need to stay the hell south <laughs> except for you jake not
2: you not you man the, the weather has has <laughs> dealt us a bad hand man right
0: and what do you think about the weather do you think it's a short-term trend or trend or you think
2: what do we what are your thoughts i have no idea i hope it is but all i know people like me and myself and my group it doesn't really matter we're going where the ducks are until they change back so <laughs> i mean you gotta adapt you're just gonna be sitting there complaining like a lot of people are in the south right now and it just so happens I won't say any states, but there's a couple states that have been benefiting really well <laughs> over the past few years. So why can't you say the states
0: from the weather? From the weather, you mean?
2: From yeah, just everything. It's like a perfect storm. Yeah, weather. Um, well, I don't. I don't think anything's different in this state
0: than ever it has been. I think it's pretty much the same. That's how it feels to me. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, if you watch the jet stream, like over the past few years, you can literally see like the fronts are still coming through the central pacific flyway and then it just you know all the way up to the mississippi they're not getting that it's like i don't know what's changed but i mean it'd be 60 degrees in iowa and really illinois and all up through there and even further north than that but you know i've noticed in my central flyway hunting we still get to hunt the weather conditions that i used to get to hunt these big cold fronts and i mean yeah it's perfect <laughs>
1: yeah it seems like uh those cold fronts just hit after season's over and uh you know uh, being in northern indiana and hunting in michigan a lot um it's like it gets really good right when it ends
2: (laughs) yeah but it's also a perfect storm in my opinion because there's been some there's really good habitat in the central it may not have gained any but it hasn't lost any and I know Arkansas has lost a ton in the past twenty years, just mainly because of farming practices. So sure, like less rice, right? Less rice production. And- less rice. That's a big part of it. I mean, it, say they used to leave ten percent of the crop in the field. Now combines pick it down to two or three percent. You do that over a million acres. That's a ton of food. But also, like all the best duck spots on private growing up were these natural spots, these natural low areas that would flood and now they they're laser leveling everything and basically erasing all those and turning it into a perfectly level field that will drain quickly and they've also dug deeper ditches you know they've upped the tile everything the, the drainage system so it used to rain and everything would be flooded for a week and there'd be like miles of habitat now it's gone the next morning because the ditches drain so much more effectively yeah yeah he just see that. that
1: and I mean that's the same you can see that where it's happened like in Iowa Indiana uh big agricultural states as well, and uh I mean little known fact, Indiana used to have the largest interior wetland in North America, <laughs> and if, i mean that that had to be great for the flyway, you know um sure. that's way before our time and that's it was a nearly a million acre marsh, and it's like ninety nine percent gone, yeah, just yeah drained and dredged away
2: yeah that's what's hit us or arkansas specifically i'm sure it's happening you know in louisiana mississippi all those as well but these historically amazing duck holes are just getting wiped out plus our timber is really struggling i mean i don't know if you guys have heard about that but it's a battle to save that right now so i'm not sure what that's going to look like moving forward they're probably going to quit flooding it as much
0: because the trees are all dying I, I we did hear about that i don't know if we talked i think maybe the author of that one book from arkansas talked about that yeah i know yeah. freddie kingsman um, that the trees are dying about yeah the trees
2: of are, are are really stressed they're dying or are on the verge of dying and they're trying to figure out ways to to save that mm. which is fine um it's a good thing but we should be working to not put all our eggs in the timber basket like all of our public has been built on that we need to be moving towards building moist soil stuff so we don't have to rely on the timber being flooded all the time but we don't really have a plan b so if the timber's not flooded is that
0: happening at all the moist soil is that happening at all
2: Uh, they're leasing rice fields right now uh that's called the w rice program and i don't know how effective it is i mean i hadn't really hunted arkansas much the past two years (laughs)
0: what
1: what has your been uh uh, do you do you track your stuff on like a journal or maybe like a a really uh easy to use app
2: (laughs) i plan on this year i haven't since i started filming just because you know on these trips i'm run down by the end of the night and oh yeah i don't feel like doing anything so i quit i kept a journal basically my whole duck hunting career until i started filming
1: yeah so you don't have like a an idea of like your breakdown as far as number of hunts in state and out of state
2: uh no but i hunted about 10 in arkansas last year it wasn't much more
1: and what about kansas or did you hunt anywhere else besides kansas
2: yeah, I don't just hunt straight Kansas. I, I'm pretty ambiguous on where where I hunt sure. over there in sure. Um, But a lot, probably forty or fifty, I'd say.
1: Okay. What other states did you hit up? Uh, Nebraska. Okay. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, I, I'm just quiet about that because I know I've gotten a lot of questions about it. Like some of my previous videos, sh- you know, showed. Oh, hunting there a lot and i get asked about it all the time where should we go what should we do i don't even that's a quick way to get blocked or not answered yeah you got any tips for x <laughs> yeah on x <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah jake
0: scouts his butt off he he is a scouting machine but he also has been the beneficiary of lots of good advice and pens yes so. <laughs> big time
2: big also, time
0: <laughs> we, we've worked on him was like, shh,
2: shh, shh. Yeah. <laughs> Stay quiet. Dude. Yeah. And I appreciate that. It's been a big help. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, when you meet people and you
0: hunt with them and you're like-minded and you hit it off, then it's like, you know, they almost like you and I have only hunted a few times together, but I still consider you kind of part of my hunting
2: group. Like you're in that circle of, of like trust. You know sure same here and if even though we haven't hunted a lot together we benefited from one another hunting a lot like maybe I, right. I was hunting it two days before and you needed information or vice versa so right, right. I know that's helped to me a ton
1: so being from Arkansas like does your uh does well you know timeout I'm gonna pull Elliot do a timeout so we we just planned to have you on for this segment but like we're just having a good conversation let's just keep it rolling I guess you, you cool with that Elliot uh, yeah, as long as Jake has Okay, the time. you got the time, Jake? Sure,
2: sure yeah. I'm okay. Fine.
1: Good deal. Impromptu. So, um, But how's your, you know, being from Arkansas and you hunt Kansas um, some too now. And so, obviously, it's like a world of difference as far as, like, uh, you know, number of hunters and pressure and that kind of stuff. And, um, like, what is your philosophy, like, specifically on openers? Because me and Elliot talk about this. And, like, openers are on my mind now because we're getting closer to season. But, like, he avoids them like the plague but like i anticipate them like it's like uh like a it's going to be like a nascar race like like you know i actually enjoy yeah. the the competitiveness of openers you know and it's like i almost view it like a, a necessary evil like you got a bunch of people we're all going to go out there but you're going to have pretty good hunts just um as a general rule of thumb on openers so like what what's your philosophy you're more like I have to be away from people or do you kinda of embrace the 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 competition of openers?
2: I don't have to be away from people, but I avoid openers as well, usually. I mean, I just don't like it. I don't like having to stay up all night and stay out in the hole all night. You would love Arkansas, I can tell you. <laughs> Loving the comp like not the people but the competition <laughs> side of things. Like Arkansas is really competitive. Yeah if you if you like that you would love arkansas i don't i don't want it all the
1: time i'm like uh, but i'll do like our my chasing the opener series i do it every year um and so it's like i hit like four openers in a row and it's like you said i'm sleeping in the hole the night before like you, you go out there you scout it you find it, this is your hole you're going to you're going to sleep in it like uh, like the 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 easiest one i had last year was our local opener and like i just couldn't sleep so i got up at like one thirty in the morning and just went out to the hole because I was just so worried that somebody was going to beat me there. No, you know, nobody came. You know, it was, uh, we were fine. It was like a little uh, out of the way hole. And somebody came like 30 minutes before shooting light and they didn't come crowding on us. But like for no reason, I was just out there at two in the morning, you know, sitting in the hole.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I would never do that. <laughs> I was sitting there with my dog.
1: Honestly, it was awesome. I was just sitting there in my canoe, my dog sitting right next to me. It's full moon, beautiful night. So,
2: yeah. I do like those early morning, you know, waiting on daylight. Because in Arkansas traditionally, you know, we we have a launch time. Like you can't go till four. Yeah. So everybody has to go at the same time. Okay. That turns it in, into a big race. So that's not fun.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but you're still waiting a long time to daylight, and those times are really, really awesome just to relax and enjoy nature. But. But, yeah, I'm not big on openers, man. We went to Nebraska last year for the opener of teal. I mean, we're in Nebraska for the teal opener. I'm not (laughs) expecting anything, you know, maybe a few people, but it was worse than anything I've ever seen in Arkansas. Um, I mean, there was a 50-acre marsh with, I had to have been 15 different groups in it. Mm. I'm just not into that.
1: Yeah, that is weird is
0: uh my my thing on the one of my big things on the openers I don't mind them for teal but on <laughs> big ducks I, I there's so many people out you can't finish ducks and that's really really frustrating and uh that that's my big thing on on the big duck openers and and Even if I go to like my most secret holes on the opener, there's always like four groups. So it's like these holes you think no one knows about, you realize that a lot more people know about (laughs) them than you think, which breaks down my idea of the hole. Because in my mind, I like to be like, you know, only me and one other guy know about it. When in actuality, lots of people do, they just don't go there that often.
2: Yeah. But
0: there's just so many shots going off. I hate that. You get a flock working, you think they're going to set. And yeah, I just can't stand it.
2: What I, I like is having a Jordan in my group. Like he wants to get out there at two, he go gets it, and I come in at six with breakfast. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> well, that's what I did that last teal hunt
0: last year. We we're out there. I left it. I got a phone call from Keegan. He's like, I think there's some guys in this parking lot. And I was out at ten o'clock, laying on the bank like Jordan. And I, I do, I enjoy that too. Like that time we did that for teal Jordan, where you, me, and Aiden got out there and we just we brushed the A frame and we lay down in the mud. And I really, I genuinely, Dude, I enjoy actually
1: that slept stuff. really good that night. <laughs> Oh, We lost him.
0: Yeah, you you were snoring like crazy. I, I didn't sleep, but the moon was full. I really enjoy that stuff.
1: I was la- I was laying on uh like a foam, <laughs> one of those layout lounges, HDR layout lounges. I was just laying on that, sleeping. Had the camel blanket brushed in over top of me, just snoring <laughs> away.
2: Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. But yeah, I mean, I I don't mind pressure at all, um, but I just don't like opening day because there's a lot of people going that that'll be the only day they go, and they're kind of like you—they've been waiting on a year, and they're they're ready to be there the day, the day before, you know. know. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, it's kind of why does why does Arkansas require that for a.m. The only place I've ever been that ha- had that was Kentucky, and um, that was for early till. and we got there like everybody's just standing around at the boat launch. It's such a weird thing because I, I've we don't have that anywhere else. I hunt.
2: It's it's crazy, man. Arkansas like strategy is make more regulations. They're like the Democrats <laughs> of the, 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 the game and fish system. There, I mean, it's more laws than you could ever imagine. And like we got to quit hunting at twelve everywhere. I mean, I just think that. I think that's weird a, too leave it for. I mean, you can only carry 15 shells in a bunch of places. Um, can't use any electronic decoys at all. I mean, it's just a ton of regs and it's frustrating. I don't like it because what it does is just create a race. That's where all these crazy boat races came from that everybody talked about for a long time. They've largely cut those out uh, by more, how how they what, what have they done to cut those out more regulations like you can get up to 60 days in jail now if they catch you for for doing what break they've laid out like these boat regulations that you have to follow like you have to be so far behind somebody you can only go this fast when passing something you know this kind of stuff and if they Oops. catch you breaking them it's highly highly punishable
0: So they've regulated what you can do so much in the boat that that you can't drive dangerously and have, like, boat races.
2: If you're, like, around other people. Yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Can you, real
0: quick for our listeners that don't know, will you kind of explain what, when we say boat races, kind of before those regulations, what we're
2: talking about? What would take place? Oh, insanity, man. (laughs) Hyped up. They had uh, regulations on the boat motors, so you could only have a 25 horse or smaller the guys would you know super it up mod them out and I'm telling you there were some cats that only came for the boat race <laughs> like that was their only reason to go duck hunting that morning that was their <laughs> job to go get the hole and if you see a cat with a cigar and goggles on <laughs> you need to just <laughs> not not race him because he he'll die trying to beat you and I mean that that's what so, what happened a lot of boat wrecks and
0: and that started when they said you couldn't go until four. So everyone would be like, you're on your mark to set, go at four o'clock. Yeah. And like how many, like how, how many on these big complexes, how many boats just in, as an estimate would be heading out to try to find holes To be like 150. Uh, it, just it would like just come back together.
2: completely depend on the morning, but there's a couple of videos on YouTube. I highly recommend everybody to go check out and just put in Arkansas, duck hunt boat race. And I mean, there's one there probably 200 hunters just i mean boats running over the top of each other it's insane mm. i mean it was dangerous they had to do something and yeah i think i'd
1: rather just uh sleep in the hole
2: yeah and i think that's smarter i mean let whoever wants it bad enough get it if they want to get there two days before then whatever yeah because not only did it cause boat races, it also, like, the places that didn't have boats, it caused foot races. I mean, it got to the point to where we hunt in big groups in Arkansas. We, most people hunt in kind of, like, teams. And they would have a guy put on tennis shoes and run through the water <laughs> to the hole. And then his guys would come in behind him. And once they got there, he'd come back to the truck and change and come back.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, the it's competitive and hardcore <laughs> they need
1: some of those e-bikes e awesome.
2: bikes out there i think that they're illegal here i'm not 100 sure on that um i'd have to check on that but yeah that that would be smart you but a any- lot of them oh i'm sorry go ahead
1: do you have any uh trips or anything pre-planned for the season
2: not this year um this year's kind of weird i'm hoping to take some but i'm playing them all by ear
1: no early so. till nothing like that
2: it's it's going to come down to the day before probably (laughs) i hope to but uh, with the way the economy has been it's just not as planned out as it normally is so
1: sure yeah
2: that's for sure brands are lagging right now (laughs) (laughs) and
1: uh no uh no uh impromptu trips planned for the central flyway
2: oh i'm sure i'll make it out there a time or two
1: (laughs) yeah from uh the way elliot talks about it you might need to hit up oklahoma (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, i wanted to. I wanna hit a lot of different states. I like going somewhere new and I, I mean, do too, yeah. It's so it's such a fun part of it, just the adventure and finding new stuff and it makes for great content too, so
1: Oh yeah.
2: It's a lot easier to tell a story that way. But I hope to I wanna hit Oklahoma and Tennessee. Those are two that are huge on my list right now.
1: You got any uh you got any desire to hit anywhere else in the mississippi flyway
2: not really man <laughs> i've of. i mean i wouldn't mind i'd i'd do just about anything but most of my stuff my top ones are you know most people's top ones i'd like to do north dakota washington um, i really want to go to montana just because of how pretty it is oh yeah i'd love to go to canada but not really any <laughs> places on the list from the mississippi flyway
1: yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I understand that completely. <clears throat> if you're going to take the uh financial burden to travel somewhere and <laughs> it's like you're you're looking for greener pastures, not a you know, more of the same or worse, you know, yeah. when you're from Arkansas on the the Mississippi flyway.
2: Sure. Yeah. And I I do want to plan some just because of the challenge aspect of it. I think it would make good video content, you know. It's a lot harder in those areas, so you know, just the challenge of it would be fun.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure.
0: So have you never been to Louisiana and hunted down there?
2: Not kinda, no. Um I mean I grew Is up that uh a... I grew up that's not me like 10, 20 minutes from the Louisiana line. So that area we're very similar to them. But I would uh like to go down to the far south Louisiana and hunt the marsh and I mean it's very unique down there, so I wouldn't mind it one thing's for sure if you're in louisiana you're gonna be eating good so i'm down to go to louisiana anytime
0: i watched that uh um, instagram gumbo you were making yesterday i i gotta try that that looked amazing in fact why don't why don't we do this See, next sometime if you're this uh season you come stay at my house and you can make it for me <laughs> deal and you can show me how to do it.
2: Sounds good to me. I'd love to.
0: I got to start plucking ducks, man. I,
2: I'm ty- I gotta quit being lazy and not pl- and and quit skinning them. It makes a huge difference sometimes. I mean, oh, yeah. depending on what mm-hmm. dish you're doing, but it's a game changer. Oh yeah, especially I Got a question ducks. off
0: the Patreon off the Patreon chat line. Uh, what's your best recipe for gadwall
2: <laughs> gumbo? Because you can taste them
0: the least in there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought you were gonna say put them in the trash
1: or something
2: no I, I eat if i shoot it i'm eating it that's for sure no i know but I know. i've man until last year i not shot one in a long time so it's they're pretty rare for me but i've yeah. never tasted
1: any difference in them to be honest
2: oh well, we did a big
0: taste test. I, I forced Jake on it. Did you see that video, Jordan? I think when it, yeah, I, I remember Jake that now. I don't remember the the outcome though. All four of us could taste the difference, but they they well, what, give your impression of the taste test, Jake.
2: That that the guy walls were way worse than the mallards. <laughs> but, but I don't know. <laughs> Kansas, See these guys,
0: come on! You're, you learned a lesson that Kansas gadwall tastes better than ours.
2: Oh guys. yeah, but not enough for me to target them. Or anything. <laughs> I,
0: I got him to admit that on air. Two years later, he's acting like he doesn't even remember. <laughs>
2: no, no, that that's true. They did taste better for sure, and I think. But they were they were definitely gamier, no doubt. I think it all has to do with what they're eating, and I mean those were passable. I, those were okay to eat that day, but what are you they definitely?
1: What are they eating that's uh,
2: different from? I don't I know. No, I have no More idea. More microbials,
1: less less grain, less seeds?
2: I don't know. I don't think Gabaw eat, from what I've heard, much grain, um, no matter where they're at. From what I've heard, I don't know that. But um, I don't know why or what they're doing to be different. But mm. it definitely seemed like there was. It's it, interesting.
1: Because the places that I shoot, shoot them around here, are like generally like places that I'll find like teal and like wood ducks too. And uh but like wood duck is the best in my opinion it's the best tasting duck. So it's like you know, it's it's kinda interesting, uh it would be interesting to know an an exact breakdown of what they eat and if it is kinda what causes them to taste different.
2: Sure. Well I know in the South, like in Arkansas, they definitely they may be in the same places that um, some of these other ducks are, but they target different food. Um, they're way more of a vegetation eater from what I've heard, at least down here. I don't know what they do, you know, further north on the north. There's
0: definitely way. some things up here. They like that um, mallards and other peddlers don't like, like duckweed. They love duckweed places. And then I found a situation so right? called pondweed. Well, I, I don't know. I, don't, I know wood ducks will eat the acorns and gadwalls won't. But I don't know. But the, you know I'm not sure about the...
2: Marsh is super complex. So just because, you know, it may have duckweed in it, but it may also have invertebrates in it that the wood ducks are eating or something like that. So it's hard to say.
0: But my, how long would something have to eat something different for it to affect the taste of the meat? Because it's like, I don't know how that works, but it seems like a couple meals wouldn't change what your meat tastes like, or maybe it does. Maybe it goes straight through the blood and it makes an immediate difference. It would, but I, I don't well, know. You guys as, soon have any on that? as
1: soon as it's digested, right. It's got to go somewhere. Right. Once they eat it, it that's what's being. it's got to go somewhere. And I don't know. We'd have to ask an actual biologist because right we're just doing some bro science.
2: Yeah. I've heard yeah. anecdotally, I've heard a lot of people talk about in snow geese and mallards in particular, like, when mallards get on corn real hard, their fat turns real yellow, and it's not as good. From what I've I've heard people say, I've never experienced that. And I've also heard people talk about snow geese. When they get on a real heavy grass diet, like, later in February, March, when there's only new-growth grass growing, they, they don't taste near as good, I've heard. But I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. So, it happens pretty quick, I guess, is what I'm saying. Sure. Uh, for
0: those people i've got a, i've got an interesting question for you jake i know that what i've learned that people in arkansas view calling differently than people in the central flyway even if like i was listening to matt talk the other day and he's he's a real big proponent on not calling that much and laying off of it and and
1: i would be That's more that nice way
0: thing. not as not as much as matt believes but there's still <laughs> um i no, believe matt, lots of times matt believes
1: that, that he can uh that he can just mouth call and, like, he doesn't need anything I heard, else. Yeah, I heard
0: that question. Now, don't derail this because this is no, serious. Okay, question, no, I'm, but I'm know, giving
1: serious data. Like, I'm giving the back history to, like, the far end of the spectrum. You got people like well, Matt, yeah, and right. then you got, like, world championship caller Kyle Jones who who would, would tell you that it's, you know, significant. And Matt says, no, you just have to be, like, in Nebraska and you'll shoot limits. So, all right, continue. Well, that,
0: that's, not, that's a little bit not quite. It's not exactly what Matt says. Slightly, Matt, Matt. If Matt's caught off guard, he'll use a mouth call, and he says, "I don't know if it helps, but I can tell it doesn't hurt." So it's like if something he looks up right there, he doesn't have time to get his call up. He'll do it, but but he is a proponent to less calling, right? And and I'm more that direction. And I know that um, you, Jake, and I, I watched um, one of your your recent videos. I watched all your videos, but you like calling to people in Arkansas is a much more significant factor. In their minds, and I'm not saying in reality, but in their minds and people in like some places in the Central Flyway. So a couple questions is, um, well, the main question is, do you think there's a difference to how you use your call and when you use it in places in Arkansas versus the Central Flyway hunting both places? Or do you think it's just the same and it's universal to tactics and those different, like a prairie versus the timber and yeah no it, well one more thing because I, well, let me one more thing. When, when i was in arkansas at at joel's um place and they are fantastic callers fantastic callers but these were the most weary ducks i'd ever seen and um they just they ne- never one time did i ever hear them say let's try not calling and see what happens i never heard him say it once and i was surprised at that so you know go go take it
2: um so there's definitely a difference i'll answer the first one first um for one thing in Arkansas, that's kind of what I was saying about you wouldn't understand till you come hunt the timber. You you pretty much have to run traffic in the timber. I mean, the ducks can't see you. They can't see your decoys really. I mean, they can a little bit, but when you're really in the timber, they're strictly coming to you kicking the water and calling. I mean, that's it. And they're not really on a X usually in timber like they would be in a marsh or something like they may work a general area that's maybe 200 yards by 200 yards and so you can't just get out there and set out decoys i mean you're just unless you get super lucky you're just gonna watch ducks fly over all day because they don't even know you're down there and so the calling, and that's what bred this loud traffic style i mean of calling. I mean when you're in the timber you're usually running traffic. That's typically the style of hunting. And that's why you see like I've sent you those echo videos and there's ten guys calling and they're pulling ducks from a half mile by doing that. That's how a lot of people in Arkansas hunt. I mean, you go out on any given morning and that's what ninety percent of the groups are trying to do. They're just getting down on it and it works. And so that's completely different than how people hunt in when i went to the central flyway but what i immediately noticed is our style done there is super effective like most of the good hunts i've had there has been getting down on them running traffic um, i mean i'd say just about all the hunts where i've really smoked them if we had not been where if we had not been there the ducks would not have came there
1: so, so you're saying uh so final verdict is the calling makes a big difference
2: for us and our style, I'm saying it can be done either way. It really depends on how pressured the ducks are, what kind of deal you're hunting. I mean, it really, it sure. really depends yeah, yeah, on definitely. that. But I would I mean, say that that loud style of calling not just Arkansas. It's a lot of Southern guys, you know, South Carolina, Mississippi, and then if you go, if you see these guys go to the Central Flyway, you will hear them do these same things because I've seen them out in the marsh. I mean, I'm sure you have too, Elliot. And they're usually pretty successful. I mean, if there's a guy with South Carolina tags there, you you better, you know, he's probably getting them. They're just good hunters. And same thing with Mississippi guys. And that style just works there because most locals don't do that. And so it stands out. Well, you,
0: and well, I think the groups are smaller. So what you'll hear is you'll hear individuals doing it.
2: But that's not effective.
0: Right. Right. So your answer is is that no, it's like it one hundred percent applies, that style of calling. Your experience says it one hundred percent applies, um, throughout. And it's not just more effective in the timber, but you get in wide open, open spaces. It's every bit as effective. So you
1: just, oh, yeah, yeah, mallards are mallards where regardless of where they're at.
2: But no, what I'm saying though is like you couldn't reverse that. Like if you went and, if you tried to take that other style and come to Arkansas and do it, I think you would struggle more just strictly because of the way they're hunted. Like, like I said, they can't see you. like, you're going to have to do right. that here. You don't have to do that in the central flyway. You can get by doing it. Like how Matt does it. I mean, when the ducks are less pressured as well, that makes a huge difference. I mean, uh, in my opinion, anyway. Um,
0: so I want to push into my last point and I'm not criticizing Joel in that place. I'm not at all. Those guys are more experienced hunters than me. They know more than me. They're better callers than me. I'm strictly asking as, as educate me. So that weekend I was there, there was so many times that I thought, let's no one call and see what happens. Because that's what I would do. If I get ducks that are weary and, and they're not listening to the call, I'm going to go completely quiet and see what happens. Is that not something that, that they not one time did they ever say, let's not call and see what happens. Is that just not in the culture at all? No, no. I mean it.
2: Yeah, it's in the culture. Because we were in
0: rice fields. We weren't. We were in woods. We were in rice, open rice fields. Yeah, most people
2: like, would do that. Um, I, would lay so off. That was just maybe
0: I caught them on a weekend. They okay. All
2: right, that was my. Question. Yeah, but, I, like uh, I would say.
1: Uh, in my experience, on days when you have to say, like, let's stop calling and see if that helps. It's just it's one of those days where it's a. It's really a, a day where the ducks aren't going to do really what you want anyway. It it could be a lot of things, could be your hide, could be location, could be the pressure on the ducks, could be they're just, I mean, you're like, everybody's heard it. Oh, that duck's on a mission, right? You see him going from, from left to right. You're not going to call him off no matter what. It's just he, he already knows where he's going. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, it's, saying something like that is like it's like a, a last resort kind of thing, and it's uh, similar to kind of how you think about pulling the, the spinner, Elliot. You know, it's like, well... Does it really make that big of a difference at the end of the day? It's like, there, it's, it's one of those days where it's probably
2: not really going to happen. And see, that's. Do
0: people in Arkansas ever talk about ducks being call shy? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, ducks man. By the, by the
2: last two okay. weeks of the season, they're super call shy and nobody calls. Like, all this stuff I'm saying, I should have prefaced it by this style is for early and mid. By late season, people aren't doing this. You know, they're trying to make as many. Unless you're
0: deep in the timber, which you'd have to. But
2: even then. They'll try to rely on ripples, like make as many ripples as possible. Okay. Get or And a lot of times by then, you're trying to get on the X. You're trying to get as close to where they're going as possible versus just trying to pull them wherever you are. Um, so, yeah, definitely the later it goes, the, the less you have to call most of the time. It just gets w- much less effective then. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is most people – that have that problem of not knowing when to lay off or not really they don't understand how to read the ducks if the ducks aren't paying attention to you at all that's not your calling that's the problem if they're working and then they quit that's may have been your calling like if you've got the ducks working and then they just bump off that may have been from your calling but if they never paid attention to you at all they probably wouldn't going to whether you were calling or not you get what i'm saying
0: Right, so then more than likely, than than Joel and those guys there, they were they were reading the ducks at those holes, and they knew that it wasn't a calling issue.
2: Yeah, that's more than likely the answer. Probably because
1: they hunt there. Because Joel
0: knows what he's doing. Joel knows what he's doing. He's not. He's a,
1: you know, yeah. qualified hunter. He, he he's pretty good with a camera too.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's a really yeah. great caller, and he you know when you watch yeah. ducks hunt the same place every day, you know just by looking at them whether they're thinking about it or not, and. Right. That could have I wonder, been
1: a, and I haven't been there, and I don't, I don't know Joel as well as you guys, but I wonder with guides just in general, like if calling, you know, especially in days when they're not working great, if calling is more for the clients than the ducks.
2: Oh yeah, it is because like if you're not calling, the first thing the guy's gonna say, hey, there's ducks right there. Why, why don't you call at them? There's, I mean, it's super. Yeah. I couldn't be a guide. It's super annoying to me. But. No, no, me neither. But no. So kinda, uh, well I, I was just gonna or go, oh, ahead. go ahead go ahead you go ahead <laughs> no i was just gonna say though that that running traffic style i mean i just love it if you never tried it it's really amazing when you get three or four or five people who can really call i mean you would be amazed at what you could get ducks to do you know you'd never be able to go and do the things with just one or two people it's it's quite amazing and it's really fun it's what got me hooked on duck hunting i don't i i'll duck hunt any way that i can but i don't like the days when you have to be quiet i mean i like when oh, yeah. you get down on them and they're responding there's, there's
1: definitely something special about those times when you feel like you turned the duck and you made it happen by by that calling it's just like a an extra kind of um i don't know it it, it makes you puff your chest a little bit as Elliot would say yeah
2: <laughs> if you it's if the you work to the ducks chest puff. <laughs> Yeah, a- Aiden has jumped on the bandwagon big time. That first time we hunted with him, we were doing that. There was ducks flying that river out in front of us, and me, him, and Glenn were just right. completely pulling these ducks, like 100%. Yeah. And he was sold. <laughs> He's like, this, this is good. <laughs> but Yeah,
0: it's, it's a whole new thing to me. I know that you and um, me and, oh, geez, Alan out there that day, um, you were pointing it out to me several times and I mean, it's always, mine has always just been me and my dad and we've never been that great at calling anyway. So like working as a calling team has just been never anything that I've experienced in, you know, in my, in my hunting. So it's all, that's kind of new to me and it's interesting. And, um, guys, if you, Jake's got a video that just came out about running traffic and so after the podcast make sure you get on and check out his videos the The videos that he does on his where he's just talking and explaining stuff are fantastic fantastic and informative videos so if you're not if you don't subscribe to chasing green his channel definitely you should should do that immediately
2: yeah very I, informative i videos. appreciate that man and that that hunt with alan was interesting because it, i would say that day was a good mix of both like i think we were definitely calling some of them ducks but a lot of them you know were already coming you had found the eggs and yeah I mean, that's an awesome way to hunt. When your style of hunting, you're a lot better getting on the eggs. So with uh... those
0: kind of days are my very very favorite days. I'm sorry, Jordan. Let me say one more thing. Are my very very favorite days because we thought we the outlook was so bad that we almost decided to scout, and then we're like, well, let's just go try it, and all of a sudden we're shooting limits of mallards. That's like the pinnacle.
1: Oh yeah. Go ahead, Jordan so uh back to the calling um so obviously you can't like you're not you're not like calling birds off with a with a, a whistle but you talked about like kind of team calling drake whistle i mean you guys throw that in there is it just your traditional
2: hen mallard people do i'm just not sure how effective it is i was i talked about this in a video i've never seen a duck for sure react but maybe just a handful of times to a drake whistle you know how when you hit them with a mallard hen, you can see them visibly react. I've seen pintails visibly react to a whistle. I've seen teal visibly react. I've never seen a mallard visibly react to a drake. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I've never seen it. We still use it, uh, especially guys who you know are newer to hunting. It's something that they can do, and I don't think it hurts anything. Yeah. I just don't know how big of a help it is. Yeah, we should probably Re- get one of those to Matt. Because really... <laughs> Really the calling though, the whole deal of it is being loud and just getting their attention. Once they get in there, you're really just trying to be kinda of quieter anyway. So as far as the team calling, the Drake whistle wouldn't really fit into that when you're trying to run traffic much in my opinion, but
1: Sure. I think uh um when we talked to Ducklander calls, this was years ago, Elliot, but he kinda mentioned that as um they oh, always yeah. have one person running a Drake whistle. So it would be interesting to know, you know, I guess. I don't have a ton of experience running either or a, a ton of uh, data points to go from. Like, I've just used it here, there. It's like, well, who knows if, if uh, just calling with the Hen Mallard call would have done it or if, if that Drake whistle kind of makes any effect or, or how much.
2: Yeah. And another thing to me is it's one of the most unrealistic sounds out of all the calls. It's really hard to match an actual Drake. It's always too high-pitched. You can always tell it's somebody on a whistle, at least to me. It just it doesn't sound quite right. Um, but I, I think it can't hurt. So I encourage people to do it when they're with me if they want to. I mean, it's always worth a shot.
1: Awesome. So now here's the real the real zinger. So kind of going back to, to one thing you said earlier, and you kind of talked about how um, Arkansans can go to Kansas and deploy their, their, uh, their uh, strategies and tactics, but it doesn't work in, 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 in inverse. So uh, more or less, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're <laughs> saying that Arkansans are better hunters than, than people from the central flyway. Is that a, is that a, an accurate statement?
2: tell
0: the not, truth i know i know i, know. It's
2: not <laughs> I guess kind of but not in that context i think multiple reasons make people generally in the south better hunters in my opinion just your average guy because there's a lot more pressure there's a lot more competition you have to just adopt techniques um that's people say in central flyway don't like they can get away with doing things Cause they don't ever have to evolve in some cases. I'm just, I'm being real general here. I'm not saying sure, everybody. Sure.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, kind of, kind of to, give you like my philosophy on it. And me and Ellie have talked about this. Like there's some happy medium somewhere in there and I don't know which state or what area or what, but if, if it's too easy, then, um, you're not gonna, you're not gonna acquire those skills that you need. You're not going to have to be a good caller. You're not going to have to worry about your hide as much because the birds are less pressured. you got fresh birds all the time, so you're still getting away with shooting limits. Every, you're not getting, like, frustrated. we got to do something different and learn and, and become better hunters. So there's somewhere, you know, where it's it's they're so pressured and there's so few ducks, like maybe, you know, Louisiana. I don't know. I, I haven't hunted there. But, like, maybe there's just not enough that you don't get enough experiences to learn. Yeah. You know, so it's like you gotta have enough hunting experiences and the ducks have to be hard enough and that's how you create the best hunter. So I don't know where that's at, but yeah, anyways, continue.
2: I, I agree with that, and that's I think that's why Arkansas typically is, has made a lot of good hunters or at least a good hunting environment, because it was labeled the duck capital of the world. We have really high duck numbers, even though we have really high hunter numbers. I mean, I think on the the federal thing they released, like Arkansas shoots more mallards than the whole central flyway combined even to this day. So there's tons of ducks there, but you know, maybe out in the Atlantic flyway, it would be like you said, to their detriment. Cause there's just not enough ducks to learn. Um, sure. Even though there's plenty of people, but
1: yeah, if you're like West Virginia, you are kind of screwed. It's like, how would you become a good hunter?
2: Yeah. I, I do know this. If you take the spinner away from some of the guys in the central and more North and, and see what happens to them, you know, it's going to definitely be a, a, a wake-up call, man. The spinner makes a huge difference. And for guys not being able to use it in the south, they have to learn how to get ducks, like what I mean by calling. Like, when running traffic, a lot of people will just use a spinner. That's how they run traffic. They attract ducks from way off by their spinner. Well, Like, if you can't use one, how are you going to do it? You're going to have to call them. Like, you know, it's just kind of breeds different techniques. So, I. I, that's one thing. When I first came to the Central Flyway, it blew mine and my partner's mind. Like it was just insane how different these ducks were, just how different they acted, and and just the things we were doing to kill them. I would have never thought we could have pulled that off. So,
1: so, so to kind of you know
2: uh like well, the first day we hunted in that spot you told us to go we flared like three or four ducks like i'm talking about different times i mean three or four ducks on three or four different occasions they would come in there and just bump so hard seeing us and we'd hit them and they'd come right back land to the decoys you ain't doing that in arkansas buddy i promise you uh that was just mind-blowing to me um some i mean we were just in awe of it you can i mean we talked about in the video but just stuff like that just little stuff um
1: you know you're uh you're breaking elliot's heart right now don't you
2: no i mean it's awesome i mean that's kind of the thing like that's kind of the fine line it's like i guess if i if i could only have one way i'd want it to be easy where i could go out there and have great hunts every time but then i wouldn't learn some of the stuff so it's like it you know it's kind of a a trade-off
1: yeah um, yeah, it's definitely a trade off. I think that we all want it to be successful enough that we enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, because if you're, it's it's a it's, it goes back to the whole kind of discussion about like, uh, you know, kill dependent hunter and all that. It's like you got to be killing them sometime. Like it doesn't matter if you're kill dependent hunter or not. Like we're out there to duck hunt. You know,
2: <laughs> and that's why I give huge props to my uh, my or my nan, Elliot's buddy Alan from Black Belt Waterfowl. Like he duck hunted. From the time he was 18 to the time he very first came to, like, Arkansas or Mississippi, he was, like, 35. He duck hunted 15 years and maybe shot 10 ducks that wasn't a wood duck. Like, that would be insane, dude. There's no way I'd be as hardcore as I am if that was my duck hunt. But he was. Like, he was just as about it. I think that really speaks to if you're a waterfowler, then you're a waterfowler. Like, it just speaks to you, regardless of what it's like. Oh, yeah. But that was crazy to me.
1: awesome well, Elliot, you got any uh, any closing words? I feel like this is probably a good place to go ahead and wrap this one up.
0: Nope, I just have loved this conversation, and um, I'm sure I would like to extend all this conversation privately probably more when we're hanging out Jake because it's fascinating to me just the comparisons it's just
2: because Arkansas is a different world. I mean, you can go to a different state. It's kind of a different world, different feel. And it's just interesting, for sure. Yeah, I'd say it's it's been really great getting to know you and hunt with you. You've taught me a lot, and it's been cool to see. I, that's why I like hunting with you so much because we're so different that when you put us together, our weaknesses seem to kind of be the other strength, and we're pretty successful usually <laughs> when we get together. Yeah, I definitely so.
0: We've got to get on more hunts. For the amount of times you've been around, it just hasn't worked out for us to get on as many hunts, and we've just got to make it happen. It's gonna. Our future's full of hunts. I'll guarantee you that. Sounds good
1: to me. Awesome. All righty. Well, thanks again, Jake, for coming on. I know as uh, a, <laughs> I think uh, you got more than you bargained for. We we said you're just coming on for the the Arkansas segment, and and well, just good good duck hunting conversation rolled on. So I appreciate you you jumping on. But guys, if you want to see more. Of Jake. You can check him out at Chasing Green on all the social media from uh, the YouTube channel to uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, just be sure to check him out over there. Alrighty, folks. I'm Jordan from ducking Chronicles, Jake from Chasing Green, and Elliot from Freelance ducking And we'll see you guys on the next one.